I listen just, until the bow, 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 and yeah. then I'm like, oh, I'm good. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are talking about Echo, a brand new series on Disney+. Plus. We didn't love all of it, but what we did love especially was the representation angle. You should enjoy it. Check it out. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Molly Glover. Molly Glover. Molly Glover. Molly Glover. And Nick Glover. Nick Glover. Nick Glover. Nick Glover. That's two. We only get one more. And we are here <laughs> to talk about the newest Marvel series on uh, on Disney Plus, Echo. We've missed a couple. We haven't talked about Loki yet. Or no, season, season two. two of Loki. But, uh, yeah. And, and but, we're not going to talk about Secret Invasion. And we're not talking about Secret no. Invasion. Fuck. We're just skipping right over that. Here. Here's your TLDR on Secret Invasion. It sucked. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're just skipping right to Echo. We might get back to Loki. I don't. I don't. Know, I would do. A, I would talk about it. Yeah, I got I would, feelings. I, yeah, I, I would talk about it too, but I have to watch highs it and first. lows. Highs and lows. Anyway, uh, so Echo. This is uh, for right now. Uh, they say season one, but we don't know if that really. Mm. Means it's weird because they called it a mini series, just yeah. like yeah. they did. Uh, they did the same thing with Loki. Right. They yeah. said it was a mini series, which to me indicates one and done. Like yeah. mini series used to mean something. Well, and and. Being a series versus a limited series or miniseries changes what awards you're potentially uh, eligible for when like Emmys are come around, right? Well, I think they call it a miniseries because that way, if they don't make a second uh, season of it, nobody's going to be sure. like, "You promised." Sure, sure. I guess they don't have to say Hedging they their canceled bets. it. They can they can just say, "Oh, it was very successful, so we're going to bring her back." Yeah, not that um, anything MCU is really going to win a lot of. I'm not. I'm not talking shit about it. I'm just like superhero movies in general no. aren't typically recognized in that way. No, they're not considered to be high art, like comedy. Exactly. It's genre fiction, and it's genre, genre fiction, fiction gets dismissed across the board, regardless yeah. of the medium. So let's let's dismissively talk about Echo. Yeah, oh boy, <laughs> we are going to spoil the shit out of it uh, for those of you unaware. This character. Uh, first appeared in the Hawkeye miniseries. Obviously, it's also appeared in the comics as well. But uh, yeah. first in the MCU appeared in the Hawkeye miniseries and uh, and was featured there as a hench person of mm-hmm. Kingpin. She's part of the tracksuit mafia, which were called the tracksuit Draculas in the comics. But yes, yeah. the tracksuit mafia, uh, which is all the all the, the dudes oh, in their Adidas, Adidas tracksuits going, bro, fuck you, bro. <laughs> And uh, she's also a uh, she's deaf mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and also uh, missing a limb. She is yeah. So yep. so a differently abled, as we like to say, character. And, uh, and she she's got, a woman of color. And she's a woman of color. She's a Native American. Uh, she, uh, in Maya the series, Lopez is Choctaw. Cho- yeah, Maya Lopez is Choctaw. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if uh, if the actress Alakwa. Uh, Alakwa Cox is Choctaw or not? I don't it's think kinda, it's kind of neat that it's Alakwa Cox and Charlie Cox, right? Like that's yeah, kinda, yeah. That's kind of a neat coincidence. Uh, Alakwa Cox is, uh, I believe, uh, Menominee. Menominee. Mm-hmm. That I. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I saw you try. I did. I saw you try I, really hard I, not I, to. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, in the in the comics, 
it's similar. She is a she's a, a hench. She henches mm-hmm. for for the big guy for for Kingpin. Uh, and similarly in the comics, when she realizes that uh, he has betrayed her and he's bad news and, and I think partially re- or directly responsible for her father's death, she uh, pulls a gun on him and shoots him in the face. Mm-hmm. So and that, yeah, I imagine doesn't doesn't go well yeah. for her because when you shoot Kingpin in the face, he does not die. I think uh, I think the really, impo- the really important thing in the MCU they haven't figured out, and maybe it's just because they're not the same universe, is if they, they, they really needed to watch the Zombieland movie and understand that you need to double tap Kingpin. <laughs> I will say I, I it's, it's nice that when people have asked me, oh, man, I want to see Echo because, you know, I love the representation idea of it. Or I have some ASL pals who are like, I want to watch yeah. it because cause she's deaf. I don't know what else I'm going to need to watch to understand it. I'm like, just Hawkeye. Yeah. Honestly, no, I mean, just even, not even, not even that necessarily, but if you really want to watch something first, all you really got to watch is Hawkeye. Yeah. And, and and that takes Hawkeye care of it. short and, and a, it's fun. And a treat. Um, and he's also partially deaf. Yeah. Like he's deaf in one ear. Yep. So he, and he signs. So it's great. That's this. And I would say the first episode of Echo is probably like 75% Really well done recap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, largely borrowing scenes from either Daredevil or uh, Hawkeye, mostly Hawkeye. Uh, this is the first time that the, the 2015 Daredevil Netflix series has been acknowledged that the yeah. events in that are are canonical. Um, we've seen Daredevil in She-Hulk and yeah. he's been mentioned and stuff, but like showing scenes from that show in this is the first time it was like, not only is it the guy, but also the things. Yeah, and I think, um, and there there's great stuff to talk about as far as representation, as far as, far as all of that, and we should get into that. Mm-hmm. I think also it is important to note that uh, the main reason that you don't kill uh, Kingpin by shooting him in the face is because then Vincent D'Onofrio can't play Kingpin anymore. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's, he's so a pretty good. fucking the real good. The God, real he's so good. Yeah, he's um, just and they do. We were talking about this. They do such good work with the cinematography to make him look bigger. Yeah, to yes. make him loom. Yeah, like he he the way they they frame the shots, he fills the fucking frame. Like he just and it's like you really feel his his imp, the imposition of his physicality mm-hmm. from the way they shoot it. It's great. Well, I think what was notable is Maya is a large woman and I don't I don't I she's I'm, not she's not diminutive she's tall yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. she's she's stocky she's, she's strong, strong. She's broad shouldered um, and muscular yeah yeah and compared to basically everybody around her yeah she is huge and compared to kingpin she's tiny yeah you know and that's that's really well done cinematography yeah because I wouldn't be surprised if the two actors aren't all that different in stature uh but I they do a lot with I know they do a lot with costuming to make Kingpin look mm-hmm. look very very imposing, and they and then they do a lot with the with the cinematography. So I was going to say we're going to spoil the shit out of it. We really haven't yet, but we will get into very deep spoilers uh, as we go forward. And uh, with that, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Echo. So uh, what what are your thoughts just off the bat? I mean, what were you expecting going in? I was really excited about the uh, the deaf representation and to see the ASL because uh, uh, Maya only signs. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. She they, a lot of times with deaf characters they will speak and sign mm-hmm. or or something, but she only signs mm-hmm. and she can't like 
they don't do this whole thing where it's like, oh, she reads lips. It's very similar to Teddy in Only Murders in the Building when he's like, I mean, yeah, like I can get about 30% of what you say, kind of, you know, and how often in that in that uh, characters would turn away from him and that actor would just like throw up his hands like, okay, I guess, I guess you're just not talking. I can't, you know. Yeah. And so I was really excited to see how they were going to approach that. Uh, because, you know, as far as I knew, n- no one else that they were bringing into the show was going to be using ASL. But it turns out everyone who loves Maya, except for Wallace Fisk, everyone who loves Wilson. Maya, Wilson oh, excuse Fisk. me, Wilson, Jesus, yeah. everyone else uh, signs yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's that's a huge thing. But and it that's was assuming he loves her. I mean, that's he's I, I think he loves her as much as he can love anything. Huh? I mm-hmm. really believe him. That he loves her. Uh, but I think that the, the, so the ASL was very cool. They did a lot of um, something that's called signed exact English, uh, SEE, which is uh, what you often see where people are speaking English and signing at the same time mm-hmm. because American Sign Language grammar is very different from English grammar. And so to do them at the same time is actually like speaking two languages at the same time. It's pretty mm-hmm. impossible. So most of the time, if someone's talking, they're signing. They're signing actually English, not mm-hmm. ASL. But sometimes when she was signing with somebody who was more uh, who was more versed in it, the younger the younger generation, her cousins, they were actually doing ASL as opposed to the the more clumsier signed English she was doing with her elders. It was great. It was it had a wide variety of representation when it comes to the sign language. It was just awesome. Yeah, I would say the biggest suspension of disbelief within that is uh, that they would have maintained their knowledge of sign language when she basically had been out of touch with them for 20 years. Yeah. But I allow that. I'll, I'll allow that. Yeah. And that literally everybody close to her had... Was was conversational at at worst. Well, in they were. Well, her sign. mother was deaf too. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, it wasn't just sign language they knew from her being a kid. It was sign language they knew from the, her mother as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. potentially decades of speaking the language. The, you know, the thing that made me have to do suspension of disbelief was why are these hearing people talking out loud when they're conversing only with a deaf woman? Well, why is this guy saying words out loud in English for them? I mean, I guess, but like it's harder to do. So yeah. I don't know why you would make it harder on yourself. It was just, I know it's for TV. I know yeah. it's for yeah, TV. Yeah. It was just kind of like, who's this for? <laughs> yeah, I, um, I liked the first half of the show. Yes. A lot more than the second half. I agree with that. I thought the action was mostly really good until the very end. Uh, there's some great fights that are kind of reminiscent of some of the daredevil stuff we, that, we we get an approximation of a hallway fight first big fight yeah, yeah um the fight when she's like first being the hench person and like with those two other guys and and like she's very slow to get into the fight and then eventually she joins in once the shock is over mm-hmm. um the stunt coordinator talked a lot about incorporating the prosthetic into her fighting style which is very mma based but she definitely clubs some people with her her prosthetic leg, or hits them with her shin in a way that would be very painful to someone else. And I really liked that, um, and I thought all the characters were really good. Yeah, I, Kingpin was Kingpin, and I didn't feel like he did anything that that kind of betrayed the original character. Um, I'm always glad to see more of him for sure. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, what what was it about the second half that kind of kind of let you down a little bit? Fucking magic. Her <laughs> the the powers they gave her. So in the comic, Echo's power, her name comes from her ability to mimic anything she sees, very much like Taskmaster. L- less of a less of a power, more of a talent. Yeah. So she's she's just naturally gifted, and if she sees something once, she can do it. And so she's it's 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 uh the fact that they made her powers native based felt a little tropey and a little like can't she just be native and badass does she have to have magical ancestral native powers mm-hmm. to give her her magic and then also the magic was in all her female relatives like they just sort of unlocked it at a very impressive moment when they needed it and i don't know it just cheapened it to me a little bit i'm sure there are people out there that felt uh very enthusiastic or maybe even empowered about the fact that it's this this lineage of women of of native women of a very you know a, a power that is tied to their ancestry and their history and and maybe that was really someone's cup of tea and that's awesome uh, I'm I'm not that person, and I don't I don't think it's because those stories don't speak to me, or because of the audience I am or or am not. Uh, I think as a story and as a like a character arc, it it just wasn't very satisfying, and it felt a little hokey and goofy to go from like street level crime stuff to all of a sudden like you know magic healing powers and and empowering the people around her to fight who those people are not actors who have fight court, court you know choreography experience and and it well the showed. actors might but it, it, i mean we don't know that they okay, might have sure, some sure, it just like, it looked clumsy it, it was very clumsy yeah and it was it a just, little deus ex machina a little bit yeah and, yeah and it it felt a little cartoony and not comic booky if that hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. um it felt like the last episode was like they the people that ran the show and were writing it died and they had to give it to someone else to do the last episode and they were like i know what we're gonna do we're gonna do magic powers what would happen if wilson's wilson fisk's trauma was healed like that's the only thing i like about the powers is that the because i don't want to see him killed right and i'm tired of marvel killing off great villains to not use them in the future and so I appreciate that they found a solution to, you know, a way to beat Kingpin without killing him to yep. keep him around. I've, I appreciate that they found a way to defeat him in a way that made him an emotionally more complex character. I appreciate that they found a way to heal his eye because his eye heals in the comic too, but it's, you know, comic book stuff. Um, like mechanically, I understand a lot of what it did and I appreciate that for, you know, I don't know, resetting the clock on going back to a status quo for more things i guess but i just it just really wasn't for me what did you think uh well i i guess it didn't bother me i mean i you didn't see it coming from the beginning well yeah but i i i wasn't like excited about it i was hoping (laughs) i was hoping it was just going to be like i was hoping it was going to be more of an internal like i remember my master and i'm able to beat the guy and not like i actually have light like magic undefined magic powers that both shoot from my hands and heal and give me strength and are just sort of everything like it was yeah yeah i guess uh 
it didn't bother me as much because because I saw it coming. Uh, although I what what I wondered about was, and I Marvel's been pretty good about this. I assume a lot of the people involved in the show running are native, uh, and they they mentioned yeah. at the end that they thanked uh, the Choctaw Nation and Oklahoma. Oklahoma Native American communities for uh, assisting in the production, but uh, I always worry about kind of the the magic, not not magic black man, but the magic Native American. Yes, um, and I wondered about that that trope there, if if that you know if how how the Native American communities would feel about it. I mean, I understand the connection to the ancestors. That absolutely is something absolutely that uh, that that connects with with what native american communities feel mm-hmm. but uh but again i you know the the magical piece of it i don't That's, i don't know how how yeah. they res- they would respond to that and the lead director sydney freeland is is navajo so the, the main oh i thought the lead director was catriona mckenzie uh she's a, an aboriginal australian woman so i, I is also indigenous but for yeah. a different continent yeah um that's maybe that's, i read the wrong one yeah um but uh i i think that uh yeah she she dire- oh she's one of the directors okay. freeland yeah sydney freeland and catriona mckenzie okay. but who are both you know native just uh, she's different flavors of aboriginal sure. native um yeah i it again that is exactly it it's the the magical the magical person of color the mm-hmm. the and the like she can't just be a badass native woman who fought and who was raised by kinpin and taught to fight and forced to fight and also really likes fighting and kind of has a little bit of a bloodlust it Mm. seems even when she's a little kid right like she she wants to get back at people for the shit they do to her Mm -hmm. and that could have been so much more interesting to me than her name coming from the fact that she's a woman from many other women who also had magic powers and a lot of it had to do with like men like their magic power, like childbirth or when men tried to take them or when, you know, it just, I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, and I can see like a, a good counter argument to these points where it's like, you know, whenever we, with the, with the many, many white people that we have with powers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're never like, why can't he just be a white dude? Why does he got to be a white dude with powers? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like the, the same argument will never come up. Um, and, and I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know what that means, right? Like, I can't, I don't, I, I just think that that might be a counter argument that I don't, I don't have a lot to support that. I don't have like the experience and knowledge to, to back that up. But so I, I understand someone being like, you know, fuck you. She can just have powers. Yeah. That's cool. And yeah. I agree. But like then the original character doesn't have powers. It didn't really serve the story terribly well. And the way it's executed at the end in the final, you know, confrontation or final fight is hokey. So, like, if they had given her powers and they had been a little bit more um, interesting or explainable. Yeah, or just even just focused. Honestly, they were just sort of like they were whatever they needed to be to win. Yeah. 
at any given time. Right. Like it was like a, it was a concussive blast. It was a power that gave her extra strength. It was a thing that did healing. It was a thing that let her enter someone's brain in a vision. Like, I mean, it, it was everything. The powers were everything. And so Whatever. that was kind of... Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And like, you know, Marvel doesn't have the greatest track record with taking a person of color and giving them powers and their powers not being a little bit stereotypically based on that race they are. Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, Luke Cage, uh, Dust. <laughs> There's a bunch of numerous mutants. mutants. So many mutants where it's like he's this, but, yeah. and and yeah. then his power, uh, like Jubilee. Jubilee. Yeah, Jubilee, the Chinese character whose power is fireworks. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's There's plenty of examples of problematic powers. Yeah, and I I was more just as you know, you wonder how the native voices that that were involved in the production did that bother them or not? And maybe it didn't yeah, because right? maybe they felt like this was a good I'm guessing depiction of a hero in a native mythology kind of setting. Yeah. Um you I don't know, feel I, like the Omian explanation. No, no, like no. I don't I don't feel entitled to that. That's no, fine. You know, the thing is you said the the latter half lost it and I'm like, you know, I wasn't nuts about that final fight. I'll agree there, but I, like the second to the last episode to me, which is the episode where Kingpin shows up and there's what I it's a what about a 15 minute scene that's just between Kingpin and Maya. Yeah. Which is fucking scary as hell because you know what Kingpin's capable of. Yeah. Right. right. And she is baiting him. I mean, she's pouring expensive wine down the drain and he's mm-hmm. he's being all calm and being kind of tolerant. And, and you're like, at some point. Kingpin explodes. And when Kingpin explodes, people get fucked up. And they they show us that in that episode because they show him beating up that ice cream dude for being yeah. an asshole to a deaf girl. Not even an asshole. Just like not very sensitive. Yeah. You know? being insensitive I mean, to he, an, was, he made fun of her. He did he? Teased, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he it, said he didn't understand she was deaf. So he wasn't really making yeah. fun of her. He was failing to pay attention to the cues that she couldn't hear him um but still and kingpin beat him up and very clearly we know he's brutal we know that and so is she yeah Yeah. she sees it and she's excited and she comes over and keeps Mm -hmm. hitting him there is uh implied violence in everything he does like in everything kingpin does in every Mm -hmm. every sentence he speaks and every way he moves his 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 posture and everything like there's always this undercurrent where it's like a shark or something right where it's like oh yeah i realize that that's like a beautiful shark that's swimming in the water but also it's you know millions of years of evolution (laughs) to like murder things and at any moment, it could go shark and just fucking you know, mm-hmm. kill me. Uh, but right now, it just seems super peaceful and it's not doing anything. Yeah. But in, in in everything he does, I agree, Tim, there's this like threat of violence behind uh, every word. I want to circle back to the thing I said earlier about uh, Fisk not learning ASL. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I think it's really important. Yeah. Uh, if you think of the amount of money he spent on an interpreter mm-hmm. to have an interpreter... Every time he was ever with Maya, he had an ASL interpreter and that's a ton of money. And then all the money he poured into the technology that he then forced upon her to, which, which I will say the, the deaf communities that I am attached to with my ASL work, uh, learning and stuff are like, Oh my God, can someone make that? That would be fucking incredible. The, (laughs) the, the thing that makes 
like what translates what he's saying into ghost arms that are signing. Yeah. Fuck, it's nuts. But all of that money, all of that technology, all that time that he's spent that that other people that he couldn't be bothered to spend a year <laughs> learning ASL for the deaf girl he adopts, which he'd been like, he'd been speaking to her constantly he didn't even he he didn't even pick it up no he didn't even he didn't even try because he doesn't fucking care yeah because he's that that's and that i think it says so much without ever being explicitly said that he spent all her life with her and didn't even like what did he learn i think he kind of signed i love you at the end like half-assed you know, it just it's it's astonishing and also perfect, I think, yeah. for his callous nature and his self-centeredness. And how much time did he have that he could have just been like, you know what? I'm going to hire the best ASL teacher. I'm going to hire someone from Gallaudet University and they're going to come teach me how to talk to my, you know, adopted daughter. Yeah. You know, no, nope, a private tutor. No, nope, nope. None of it. Yeah. Not a, it, not it, a it, fucking. Yeah. It speaks to that thing of him him saying that he loves people but does he really and and honestly at the end i mean when he admits that he had her father killed you really get that you you understand what you should have understood all along if you understand the kingpin which is he killed her father because he perceived her as a useful weapon yeah and killing her father would hone her uh more to a finer point yeah and he could then point her to enemies that were part of the problem and and use her better Absolutely. Just like Hawkeye. Honestly, they're very similar in the sense that when Hawkeye is Ronin, he's 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 being used in a way that he thinks he's 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 abandoning what he considers to be his morals to do what he thinks has to get done. And he's being led. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's great. Which is interesting because in the comics, she's very much meant to be a sort of a, a mirror to hold up to Daredevil. Right. Mm. He's blind. She's deaf. He mm-hmm. he you know, they they. He is remarkable in his ways. She is remarkable in her ways. They're both, you know, kind of supernatural, kind of low-key super, like low-key super, right? Um, Extremely talented. Yeah, right. And and um, she's, you know, street-level kingpin. He's street-level hero. Mm-hmm. The stakes are kind of very the same for them. And she's really more... Hawkeye aligned in this in mm-hmm. so far at least. Well, and we'll see because you know this is the Marvel Searchlight imprint. Yeah. Um and it seems to be, they they've said that we're going to see the Daredevil the 2005 Daredevil making his way into the MCU 2015. 2015. Yeah, we're get, well we're getting what is it? Is it it's Born re- Again? Born Again, yeah, the Daredevil Born Again show that's coming as mm-hmm. part of Phase 5, I think. Uh yeah, I think that's this this year yet. Yep. Um, and so I wonder if we're going to see Echo in that. Well, I at feel all. like there's a pretty good chance of that since yeah. uh, the post credit sequence suggests that we're going to have Mayor Kingpin. That's um, that's very interesting to me. Mayor Kingpin's from the comics too, isn't oh, it? Yes. He's been, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> He's been mayor of New York twice, I think. Very Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. Like very similar. And and. Uh, Terribly recently, too, in the the more recent Daredevil comics, where uh, Elektra actually is operating as Daredevil for yeah, a while. She's Daredevil. Um, uh, I think it's back back to Matt. Is it now? But okay. yeah, she was Daredevil for quite a while. Um, he he was mayor. He was 
mayor to the point where he kind of removed himself from the criminal underworld and and appointed someone else to be the new kingpin. <clears throat> and he found that the crimes being committed by the wealthy and the people that actually controlled things were actually in some ways worse than what he was doing as kingpin. And he um, uh, ended up like killing a whole bunch of very, very powerful and rich people sure. out of anger because they, they underestimated him. Oh, of course. Very, Which is very good stuff. Very I, I really enjoyed it. Very on brand for him. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see where, where some of that stuff goes. Um, I think that kind of street level Marvel is a good move for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think much in the way that Andor street, sorry, which is sort Mm -hmm. of street level star Wars and was a really good, really good choice for star Wars. I think that uh, going with the more street level stuff can help whether or not there really is Marvel fatigue. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But since the phase five is so much of the multiverse and, and kind of these huge cosmic magic storylines, that 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 I think might be more the reason that Maya's magical stuff bugged me is it's mm. like it, it it gets away from that street level yeah that it felt like they were trying to go with exactly that's why the street level heroes the defenders and their counterpart villains are I- interesting is mm. because they are just people yes. living their lives yeah. out on the streets <clears throat> and some of them might have a little like you know Luke Cage is bulletproof you know and Jessica Jones is just but like Jessica Jones is just really good yeah. at her at, at being a detective and she just happens to be superhumanly strong you know and some yeah. other stuff like Daredevil you know he's his main stuff a lot of the times it's so interesting is he's a lawyer and he's right. got really good legal <laughs> drama like there's a lot of really cool things that can happen there and so I really hope that we don't I hope we don't end up with some multiverse bullshit where uh, none of this none of this matters. That's my only concern with Phase Five. Is every time I'm watching something, I'm like, okay, well, is this going to matter, or is this going to end up being some multiverse thing that we just wash away when we don't feel like it needs to continue? I yeah i I don't need uh, the stakes to be the world or the universe that are yes. at, at at stake every time. Uh, it gets tired. It gets boring. It's when people talk about superhero fatigue. What I think of now is they are tired of the same kind of story over yeah. and over. But if someone had a really compelling crime drama superhero show, that would probably go over really well. If mm-hmm. someone had a, you know, the MCU powers. Uh, yeah, totally. Or a comedy even that was, you know, superhero related, like. She-Hulk. She-Hulk. She-Hulk yep. for me didn't really feel like more of the same. It was thematically very different. Yeah, in it wasn't. The same co- world. It wasn't. There weren't like world sh- earth shattering or universe. It's always the world. It's always like, oh my god, yeah. the whole universe is going to well, disappear, and, and it's like, no, it's not. And now it's many universes are at and, stake. And I mean, let's be honest. The, the the biggest thing at stake in Echo is her relationship with her family. Yeah. Uh, I or mean, that's, that's what's yeah. broken. That's what's life. broken yeah. in the show. She might die. Whether you know? or not Kingpin gets to continue, you know, lead, you know, running crime in, in New York. And even that, it's like, you know, it's gonna. It doesn't he's still, matter. He's it still running yeah. crime in New York. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Is he still Wilson Fisk? Yeah. And so yeah. it just, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I said Wallace Fisk. I can't even tell you. Like, I might as well have said Vincent Von Doom. Uh, uh, you know, just. <laughs> and I mean, what I'll say is, is disappointment aside, I, I like the show for the most part. And it's only five episodes long and they're all just about 35 minutes yeah it's yeah. a fast it watch. is really wa- I, watchable i think if you were if i was making a list of all the different mcu shows 
and we're not counting things that are no longer canon, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. and let's just not count uh, Cloak and Dagger and Runaways, just because sure. I'm not feeling particularly generous. Um, it might, I might consider it to be the second worst MCU show. Echo? Echo. Mm. However... The gap between this and Secret Invasion is huge. <laughs> it's a gulf. It's huge. Yeah. Like to say that it's the second worst really does it a disservice because it's not a bad show. It just had a bunch of stuff that I didn't like. It had more stuff I, uh, that I liked. I I liked Echo better than Loki season two. Oh. I could see that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yep. I, I found I think Loki yep. season two I, was the second worst. Uh, yeah. I I read a couple of recent Loki comics that made the ending to Loki so satisfying to me that I had to rethink my okay. my opinions well, on the rest of the show. That's neither here nor there. That's for a yeah. different Still, episode because... I, I, yeah. Because. Because. We're not talking about it. Anyway. I will say, I, I think that this, <clears throat> this show, and this is why I would say that it's so far from Secret Invasion, even if you hated it, because of the representation, because of the actors, because of the casting, just because there were so many Native people in this show, because... There were so many hearing actors who did not know ASL before this show, who learned it for the show, both to be able to communicate with Alakwa and also for their characters. That's fucking awesome. Mm. And and that is something that I think is is so cool. Uh, and you see her talk. It was it was really great. We watched her. Was she on was it Fallon? We saw an interview with her on. Some she was on some talk show and she was doing an interview and she had an interpreter there and she was signing so fast and I was like she is just she's so excited to be here like <laughs> she's just fucking flying and it was just so great to see because she's not, I don't know if you know this Alakwa Cox was not an actor before this show oh, before but, Hawkeye yeah she was just a person living her life and someone saw the casting call and said they need a deaf indigenous amputee. <laughs> You're those things. Uh, you should try out for this. It, <laughs> it was, was Fallon. And she was like, oh, okay, I'll give it a go. And so, like, it just, that to me is such an amazing story that it uplifts everything Echo was, even the parts where I was like, okay, you know, and kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. It it was still, it was still very watchable and very fun. Well, and yeah. I got to give them credit for, for the fact that they're like, we have a character who is a deaf indigenous amputee mm-hmm. and we need somebody who is all of those things it's yeah. not like they said we'll take two out of three right we can nope. we can we can have somebody who who isn't an amputee but if they're deaf and indigenous it'll still work or they're indigenous um, and, and we'll pretend they're deaf yeah or, the, yeah the amputee part was actually something that came with the actor and not with the character it wasn't something they were casting for it was really? something that came with a lock i didn't know right. that are you yeah. sure yep yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, the character Echo in the comics is is not. Uh, I know in the comics she's yeah. not, but I wasn't yeah. sure if that was something they decided with the no. with the character. I, I I believe that was something that they when they found the actress they were like let's do it. Um, Interesting. But, and and again like you know I think a lot of the things I didn't like with the exception of maybe some bad fight choreography in the finale are things where it maybe I'm just not the audience for that and that's fine that's dope. Yeah. Great. More things for not me. Love it. Into it. That's fine. I, I Maybe maybe that's a, a big part of why some of that didn't hit with me and some other people are super enthusiastic about this. I will say, seeing people online talk about Echo, um, 
I'm seeing almost entirely positive things. Yeah. I, I haven't been contributing to those conversations because I don't want to show up there and be like, actually, I didn't like this stuff. Yeah. I've just yeah. been, I've just been keeping it to myself. Yep. Yeah. I, I've, I've tend, I've found in my, uh, what do I want to say later years that, uh, I've grown less excited about heaping on people crapping <laughs> on something that other people love. I'm like, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, if they love it, then then they can love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it, It's funny because just recently somebody was like, oh, I'm posting a horror movie every day for, that, that mattered a bunch to me. And they posted about the movie It Follows. And all these people who I really like are like, all my friends are like, oh, this was the scariest movie. This is so scary. And I was like, I am in the minority because I thought this was so boring. But it's not like me being like, you're all dumb. This movie yeah. sucks. It's different to be like, oh, shit. I don't know why, but it didn't grab me. Like that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. You know, somebody, 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 on, conversation. Uh, somebody on a group I follow posted something about, Hey, wouldn't rise of resistance have been better if it was uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker instead of Ray and Kylo Ren. And I was like, Nope, I like it the way it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it's great that there are all sorts of mini rays walking around galaxy's edge. I think that's fantastic. I'm so excited by it. Peace out, yo. I'm yeah. sorry, Tim. Did you just say you get very excited by young girls dressing up in costume <laughs> at Disney World? That's that's what I said, and it's okay. on a podcast, and I can never live it down. Great. So uh, we've been asking for five questions for quite a while, and believe it or not, we have five we answers. We got them. Holy we shit. got five we got answers. Some. The queue is one response long, so there's room for more. It's now zero. After Yeah, it, it will soon be zero. We are going to read these questions. We're going to get these answers. Molly, where are they coming from? Uh, from Alicia Taylor. Alicia. Is, oh, my God. She even told me how to say it, and I said it wrong. Alicia Taylor. Not Alicia, your, I said your name right the first time. Don't <gasps> don't worry, Alicia. She did Vincent D'Onofrio's character dirty, too. So you're in really good company. I'm going really to tell, tell the comics police you called Wilson Fisk Vincent D'Onofrio's character. Wow. All right. Is uh, he not? So we're going to do five questions for those of you that haven't heard us do this because we haven't done it in a couple of it's months. It's true. Uh, we are going to, uh, we have five questions posted on our website. You can send us in the answers and we will read them on the air. So here we go for Alicia. Question number one, what is a game you have played recently you really enjoyed? I really enjoyed playing Chronology. Oh, yeah. It's a game where you have to guess dates relative to times you have successfully guessed before. The first to get a 10 card timeline wins. Despite being a history buff and a person passionate for historic preservation, I don't necessarily dominate and I get to learn new things. Yeah, chronology is very popular at my house. Is it different from timeline? I think so. Okay. You you get a card that basically, somebody reads out the card and says, you know, uh, Romans conquered the Visigoths in this year. And then you have to look at the cards you already have and say, all right, this is before this time and after Mm. this time. And if you're right, then you get to keep the card. And if you're wrong, it goes around the circle until somebody either gets it right or the reader of the card gets to keep it because nobody can figure it out. Is there an answer key somewhere that tells you? the, the time is on the card. So if I'm reading it, I know what the, I know what the, you date know the is. year and then yeah. the other cards have their year somewhere you can check. Yeah. Interesting. So the cards that are in front of you have the dates on. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Neat. it's a good game. It's a good Neat. game. When you add it to your hand, it complicates your timeline because now you're, now you've got more. You've ah, got more, more. That's I great. like that. Yeah, that's great. Great. Your hand is it, once the card is taken, it's played in front of you. So everybody can see sure. your chronology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Question two. What science fact or discovery do you think is really fucking cool? When I was in 
Archaeological Field School in wow, Northern Arizona. Thanks. I learned that we found out that porosities found on ancestral Pueblan children's bones and in their eye sockets were not caused by a vitamin B12 deficiency like we thought. Come to find out, kids' bones tend to be spongier, and even a black eye can mimic the signs you would expect to find in someone with a vitamin B12 deficiency. This was further corroborated when archaeologists analyzed coprolites and found a great deal of cattail pollen in it, which is an excellent source of, you guessed it, vitamin B12. Oh. So basically they they were finding out that the porosity of these kids' bones, they thought maybe they had a B12 deficiency, but no, they uh, analyzed fossilized shit and discovered that they were eating cattails, so they had plenty of B12. It must have just been kids' bones or spongy. <laughs> That's cool. Isn't that, that is neat? Cool. Science is cool. Copper light. All right, question number three. Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from? Because we assume it is not religion. As someone who studied anthropology, I understand that my sense of morality comes from my cultural upbringing. If I were raised in a different culture, some of my mores would be the same, but a good number would be different. So yeah. It comes from where you, yeah, yeah. nurture. Uh, question four, if you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for the rest of your life, what would you choose? The dishes, particularly Uh. the hand washed dishes. My hands break out really easily from soaps and even from the chlorine in tap water. So a robot to take care of them would be amazing. Oh, that sucks, Alicia. That sucks. It does suck. Uh, tap water making my hands break out would... I don't know what I would do. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm wet all the time, guys. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't suck. Question number five. What is hey. a movie or TV show you think everyone should watch? I think everyone should watch Cosmos. Carl Sagan so and good. his brand of skepticism is ultimately what brought me to atheism. Yeah, because he's not like, oh, hey, everybody, I'm an atheist. He's, he's really just kind of like, so you look at this and it doesn't make a lot of sense, does yep. it? Yep. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's basically sea lioning Christians and I, I, I accept it in that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that is great. Thank you so much for your, uh, for your answers, Alicia. And as I mentioned, anybody can send in these answers to these five questions, or you can send in five questions of your own. We're really not picky at this point. We will uh, read your answers. We'll read your questions. We'll answer your questions. You can just send us a treatise on, on anything and we'll read it. Uh, we might not Read it on the air. It depends on how long it is and whether or not we agree. Or maybe we'll turn it into an episode topic. That might be fun. That could be great. We we have been Geeks Without God. Next week, an audience suggestion for a topic. No, we already know what it is. Never mind. Sorry. (laughs) Didn't mean to get you excited there. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, shit. What? We never made a third echo joke. Joke, 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 joke. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. We had to re-sign Apple's uh, end-user license agreement for hosting our podcast to allow for them to do transcription.